We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Welcome back to the Bear Report Podcast, the final podcast of the 2016 regular season. My name is Jeremy Stoltz. I'm the publisher of BearReport.com, here with Bears insider Aaron Lemming. Following a 3-13 campaign, the worst campaign in a 16-game season in Bears franchise history. Your thoughts? Uh, It was very disappointing. I mean, there's really no other way around that, but what I will say is I'm excited to go in the offseason. I I think there's going to be a lot of... uh, a lot of interesting things going on, but we'll, we'll just have to see. I, I, I'm not going to go in any uh, next year with any expectations, but I think we're going to see a lot of movement at least on uh, you know on the personnel front coming up. Yeah, yeah I agree, and I think a lot of changes are going to happen here over the next couple of months. Uh, Bears are going to have a lot of money in free agency. They're going to have a very high draft pick, third overall draft pick. Uh, they did end up tying with the uh, Jaguars for that third overall pick, so the Jaguars are going to flip flop picks, the third and fourth pick in the uh, every other round. Uh, in the draft, but yeah, Bears third overall, sixty million. They can make a lot of changes with this team, and I think we're going to see a lot of changes. Uh, real briefly, we'll talk. Uh, you know, just mention the fact that they were pummeled pretty badly uh, in the uh, uh, season finale against the Minnesota Vikings, thirty-eight ten. The Bears did not look like they wanted to be out there. And uh, we're just trying to go on through the motions and, and really got uh, taken behind the woodshed. Uh, you know, is that, you know, when you when you see a team like that, you know, we talked all season about this team sticking together and fighting through. But, I mean, is it fair to say they gave up here over the last couple of weeks? I think so. I, I You know, you saw them battle pretty well with really good teams, including Green Bay Packers. And then you see what they did in the last two weeks of the season. I thought it was uh, 
not a good way to go out, but it's also I'm trying to keep some perspective in the in the fact that there was multiple injuries. I mean, especially on the on the defensive front, they had a lot of guys out. So it's it's just it was a, it was a tough way to end. It was a tough season overall. Uh, I do think they gave up a little bit, but I mean the staff's back. So I think really at this point they just got to move forward and hopefully get the, get some of the right pieces. I don't I don't know, man. It's it's gonna. Ryan Pace has got his work cut out for him. Yeah, it's it's a it's a frustrating situation, especially like you mentioned with the injuries that muddles your evaluation of a lot of these players and and trying to figure out who who deserves to stay and who deserves to go because so many guys weren't out there playing, especially toward the end of the season. Nineteen guys uh, on injured reserve, sixty six million in salary cap space on injured reserve this year, by far the most in the NFL, and that makes it a little you know it makes it a little more challenging for Ryan Pace and Ja Fox, I think. Uh, to really get a handle on some of these players and where they fit and how you know what the best pieces are for this team going forward, but uh, let's let's start with the coaching staff. Like you mentioned, uh, right now uh, after John Fox uh, and Ryan Pace press conference yesterday, all of the uh, uh, coordinators are intact. Uh, Dow Loggins has been retained. Vic Fangio has not left, and somehow Jeff Rogers has not been fired. So uh, that is is. Uh, uh, a good and a bad thing, I guess, depending on how you look at it. A good thing in the fact that Vic Fangio was going to be around, something that you and I talked a lot about. And, uh, you know, apparently that rumor that, uh, you know, there, that I was able to confirm, there is some some strife there. And uh, even Ryan Pace mentioned, he said, hey, in a, in a tough season like this, you're going to have some, some, some heated debates. And I think that's what you, we, happened over this season. And, and because of that, that's how that rumor ended up starting. But it doesn't look like Fangio is going anywhere. Loggins... Uh, doesn't look like he's doing anywhere either. And uh, D- uh, John Fox was asked, why are you keeping Dow Loggins? And he mentioned the fact that, hey, you know, you, this is the 15th ranked offense in the NFL, uh, 14th ranked passing attack, 17th rushing, ranked rushing attack. So you pretty much have an average offense under Dow Loggins. Uh, and, you, you know, with some better help, health, uh, there's the hope that they're, they're going to be better next season. I'll just uh, I'll, I'll send it over to you. What, do you. what do you think about the fact that the, uh, the coordinators are going to be in town still? I, I think we talked a little bit about it last time, and I, I think the way I'll, I'll try to look at it is, you know, the trade-off of keeping Fangio, uh, you know, means keeping Loggins, and okay, whatever. You know, I, I think you look at some of the, the options that were out there as far as offensive coordinators go, and, you know, Mike McCoy uh, on the surface, but then you look really what he's done, even in San Diego, when he doesn't run the ball a lot. That's something that the Bears really need. So I think John Fox definitely cherry picked his stats a little bit there. I mean, obviously, yeah, okay, they were they were an average offense in terms of yards, but they were also terrible in points. They were in the bottom bottom three. I thought it was bottom three or bottom five in the league in points, and I think that's the biggest issue. I mean, this is a team that has gained a lot of yards, but they're either turning the ball over in the red zone or they are not scoring points or they're not scoring touchdowns. I mean, the red zone efficiency was right around fifty percent as far as touchdowns scored in the red zone. That's a problem. So. Uh, overall, I mean, it, it's what's to be expected. Um, in my opinion, the the coaching search and the candidates that are out there right now aren't very good anyway, and there's not a lot of sure things, I guess you could say. So for the sake of continuity and just with the 19 guys they had on injured reserve, I mean, you can justify having another year uh, with this coaching staff. And I, they just got to get better players, and they got to keep healthy. I think that's their biggest thing. If you see that, I think there's going to be a lot of improvements across the board, and they can go into year four and evaluate from there, I guess. Yeah, and John Fox mentioned that he didn't think that play calling was an issue. And I think between the 20s, I agree with him. I thought Dow Loggins actually moved the ball uh, very well. And we talked about all the receivers dropping passes and how ugly it was 
Well, that, it was so ugly because those guys were really wide open a lot of times. And, uh, you know, the credit goes to Dal Loggins there. I think the biggest issue that we, you know, we've discussed a lot and most Bears fans realize and, and, and Fox was asked about was just the, 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 the run differential and how low that was. Uh, this season and and what a big shift it it went from Adam Gase and how often they ran the ball to how uh, rarely they ran the ball uh, under Dow Loggins even though they had a much better rushing attack this year you had the you had uh, uh, Jordan Howard who had the second most rushing yards in this in the NFL this year and you, and you weren't able to ride him uh, consistently as as they should have and John Fox once again blamed it on game situations I'm getting tired of actually hearing that excuse because you and I both know that's not valid there are a lot of situations particularly in the red zone where they should have leaned on Jordan Howard a little bit more and I think going forward as we, we're going to talk about the QB situation here uh, next but going forward I think Jordan Howard's going to be the key and if Dow Loggins is going to be retained uh, you know, there's, there needs to be a sit down maybe between him, Fox, and Fangio, and you know, reiterate to to Loggins and and kind of drill it into him that hey, you know, if we're going to go forward with a with a rookie quarterback or a younger quarterback, then we definitely even more so need to lean on Jordan Howard going going forward. Play that complimentary fo- football that we talked about last week that Fangio wants, and you give the team an opportunity to win football games that way because putting the uh, you know the the fate of the franchise or the fate of the season on a young passer isn't going to work. And when you know what you have with Jordan Howard, you, you should have a, uh, an, an even better offensive line next year. And, and the offensive line was good this year, so uh, you know you have you have a, a good thing there with Jordan Howard. And I, I, if Loggins can figure it out, and especially in the red zone, get that red zone situation taken care of. Twenty third on red zone, red zone TDs this year, that has to improve. There is some potential. I mean, it's really going to come down to the quarterback position in my mind. But, uh, you know, uh, what, you know, when you heard Ryan Pace talk, and, I, and if you guys haven't, if you listen to this podcast and you haven't uh, heard that, that press conference, go back, find it on ChicagoBears.com and take a listen or go and uh, read some of the stories I wrote about it at BearReport.com. When you listen to him talk about Jay Cutler, do you think Cutler's going to be back this year? No, I don't. Uh, and I thought you actually wrote a very good article really kind of break it down i mean i think it's just and i posted a lot about it on twitter today it's just kind of a conversation point and it really what it comes down to is the fact that i I think there's been obvious well there's been faults on both sides cutler has not lived up to his potential i think some of that is the way that the bears have completely ruined his development over the years especially in the early years under lovey smith uh but he's also made a pretty good amount of mistakes himself. So I really think it's one of those, you know, Ryan Pace has been able to focus on other things. He hasn't had things go his way in terms of getting a quarterback. But now you're going to be sitting at close to probably 70, 75 million in, in cap space when they make a few cuts. Uh, you're going to have the third overall pick. Uh, and you, you're going to have a lot of resources. And there's there's actually a decent amount of options in which they can go. They can go trade route. I mean, we'll break that down as we move into the offseason. But I really think that uh, what Ryan Pace said was basically uh, okay. You know, he's not going to be there because you know last year they said okay, we're gonna we're gonna build around him or we're, you know we're gonna do what we need to do around him. And this year it's well when when we make a decision he'll know. Well, if you knew he was going to be the starting quarterback, then you would have already had that decision made. And if there's any decision to be made, then it's probably uh, not a good thing on Cutler. So I just. You know, it, it it is what it is. He's he's run his course in Chicago. I wish him the best of luck. I really do, and I hope when he does get to another team, he does well. But I think it's time for the Bears to move in that direction. And the last point I'll make is, I don't think John Fox and Ryan Pace are willing to die in the Jay Cutler Hill. I just don't think it's going to happen. I think if they're going to go out, especially John Fox, I think Ryan Pace will have a little bit more time. But with John Fox, I mean, 
Uh, I don't think his tenure with the Bears is going to end, uh, you know, uh, with Jay Cutler like the other two coaches have. I just, I, I think it's, I think it's at a point right now where they're they're going to find their guy and they have multiple resources to do it, and I think that's what's going to happen. Yeah, I agree with you, and I, I think if you just kind of look at uh, the manner in which Ryan Pace spoke about it, and you touched on it a little bit, if you were confident in Jay Cutler going forward, and if if Jay Cutler was your guy, he would have said it. And he didn't say that. He said all options are on the table. That includes the draft, free agency, uh, the players on the current roster, uh, as well as including Cutler. But he, you know, he talked a lot about uh, you know the the uh, the coaching staff and Dave Verdone, the quarterbacks coach, as well as Dow Loggins, and how uh, they are well suited to bring up a young quarterback. I mean, he talked about that a lot, and uh, you know, really, and talked about how. He was honest with Jay Cutler when uh, they had their exit interview, and he was honest with him in his in telling him that his agent, Bus Cook, would be the first guy to know if any changes were coming. I mean, that was one of the first things that he said in regard when he was asked to Jay Cutler about how Cutler would know what what it would be the first one to know what's going to happen first, which you expect. But I think that just shows me that he's ready to move on. I mean, like you said, I, I don't think every you know everybody who's ever tied their ship to Jay Cutler is sunk, and I, I, whether that's his fault or not, we're not going to get into that. But it, you know, it, it, the time has has come to move on and I think just based on what the way that Ryan Pace spoke about it and you know the things that he spoke about uh, it really made it seem like this is it this is it for Jay Cutler and and, and the only way that I see him coming back is if everything uh, all the pieces fall into place where he uh, you know they 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 maybe don't like it, the quarterbacks in this class and they just don't have a good plan B maybe they'll keep him as one year transition uh, but I, I just don't see that happening. I think Jay Cutler is gone. Uh, who they're going to get, I, I don't know to replace him. I, I don't have any faith in the, the the quarterbacks who are on the current roster, and that's something we can talk about as the season as the off season progresses here. But I think you know whether you want uh, you agree with it or not. I, I think we've seen the last of Jay Cutler in Chicago, and uh, it's going to give the Bears a fresh start. And I'm I'm looking forward to it. I'm, I was never a Cutler hater. And, uh, you know, I, I don't think it was always his fault. Like you said, they kind of ruined him a little bit, and especially with how many different offenses he's had to, to digest and, and try and play under since he's been here. So, like you said, wish him the best. But I, I, I think I think the Cutler time is over, and I think it's time for them to, uh, you know, lean, lean on Jordan Howard and get that rookie quarterback. And we'll talk about some of those rookie quarterbacks as we get into, you know, we're going to have the senior bowl at the end of the month here. Then we're going to have the combine. The draft will be shortly after that. So we'll, we'll get deep into who those quarterbacks might be. Uh, that the Bears are going to be uh, uh, looking at to replace Jay Cutler going forward. But, uh, you know, whoever it is, like we talked about, they're going to need to lean on Jordan Howard, but also you're going to need to have some quality receivers out there. And I think uh, the, the, the Pace and Fox talked about uh, the guys who are out there. First, we'll start with uh, Alshon Jeffrey. And basically, Pace said, you know, he's, he's taking into consideration uh, the fact that the, the soft tissue injuries were down this year, which was a good thing, but that, that uh, four-game suspension is going to weigh uh, heavily when it comes to that, uh, when, they, when he sit down at the negotiating table with his uh, agent. And he basically said, this is a big decision for us going forward with Alshon Jeffrey, which makes me believe that they haven't decided what they're going to do. And it's really going to be based on you know, you know, what, how those negotiations go and whether or not they'll be able to make more progress than they did last offseason. Uh, your thoughts, Alshon, going to be back? No, that's a that's a good question, and it's something that I've kind of gone back and forth on. I mean, there's really no way around it. I was pretty confident. Maybe it was just more. You let this guy go uh, going into the season. I figured, okay, he'll have a good year and they'll they'll get it done. Uh, but then there were some times, especially with the Alshon out on the field. I mean, it, to me, he seemed very unhappy. And I think a lot of it, I mean, they're, they're a three-win team. I mean, who's not unhappy? So I guess that's not really a valid point. But 
it, it's been very weird, but the one thing that has stuck out to me was when Alshon Jeffrey made that Super Bowl prediction. At first, it's like, okay, well, he wasn't very specific. Likely was the Bears. And then he comes out and flat out says that he wants to come back, that he wants to win a Super Bowl. But that's the first time that I've heard Alshon Jeffrey say that since he's been a Bear, that he wants to be a Bear. And I think uh, the Bears aren't dumb. I mean, they know... Really, they've got a guy in Cameron Meredith who, as good as he was this season, is still somewhat of an unproven commodity. They have Kevin White, who's not even played four full games in the NFL in two seasons. I mean, you're really, you're really taking a big risk, and there's there's no big names out there on the free agent market um, outside of, I guess you could kind of consider Terrell Pryor a decent name, but he's likely to resign, and even he's kind of a one-year guy. But I think really, like you said, I think a lot of it's going to come down to price. And I think uh, <clears throat> at least from what everything was being reported, he was looking for more in the 14 to $15 million range uh, you know, every year. And I don't think the Bears were willing to pay him that. And I can almost guarantee you they're not willing to pay him that now. And I think it, it almost feels to me like Jeffrey is kind of coming to grips like with, okay, you know, I want to be here. And I want to make money, but at the same time, he's probably not going to get what he thinks he's going to get, even on the open market. I don't know if I could see a team giving him $10 million a year this year, even with the cap rise. So uh, as of right now, and that's subject to change because I seem to be riding the wave every single time that something new comes up. As of now, it seems like both sides are kind of posturing their way through the media to work a deal. But I think there's mutual interest there. There was a time when I wondered maybe – if Jeffrey didn't want to be there, then there's been times when I've wondered if maybe the Bears really didn't want him, but they didn't really have any other options, so they kept him. But I think there's a mutual respect there, but I think it's really going to come down to money. And, and ultimately, I think that's what it is. I think, you know, $11, uh, $11 $12 million a year, uh, maybe a low guarantee um, would probably get it done, but it's it's just going to be a matter. I think if he hits a free agent market uh, without signing with the Bears, I don't think he's coming back. I'll, I'll say that. Yeah, I agree, uh, and I think, you know, as far as what he, he's going to get paid, I, uh, you and I agree that he probably doesn't deserve $14 million, but it only takes one team out there to think that he does. So, uh, you know, that that is going to be the big factor there with Alshon Jeffrey, and I think you're right. I think last, if you would have asked me this question last week, I would have told you that my gut tells me that Alshon doesn't want to be here. I mean, I've, I've been around him enough, uh, especially over the last couple of years uh, since Brandon Marshall left, to see, you know, that he has been a bit unhappy, and uh, you mentioned it. It's t- it's tough to be happy on a three win football team. But hearing his comments, I was standing right next to him when he made them uh, uh, a couple of days ago uh, on those exit interviews. And you know, he said this is going to be a different Chicago Bears team next season. You know, and he reiterated. You know, he said, Do you, "Are you?" Somebody asked him, "Are you sticking to that Super Bowl prediction?" He said, "Damn right." So that was the first. You know, this this Sunday and Monday of this week were the first two days where really, you know, he showed, he finally showed that he wants to be back. And I, I don't, you know, maybe like you said, maybe that is a bit of posturing. I'm not exactly sure, but uh, it, it seemed to me like he wants to be back. So I, I don't know if he's going to take a discount. I think the Bears are still going to have to to pay a premium to get Alshon. I don't think it's necessarily going to be as much as it would have been last year. Uh, but I do think that you know there's he's still going to be one of the top paid players uh, on the team, if not the top paid player, if he if he gets paid by the Bears next season. So uh, I think they're going to try and, and do it, I, and I hope that you know for the Bears' sake that, that both sides can come to an agreement because, like you said, there are a lot of question marks with those other receivers. That includes Kevin White, like who, like you mentioned, four games played in his first two NFL seasons, just uh, you know has been has dealt with two different injuries to the same leg to the same shin. Uh, to those two different bones, he's 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 busted up uh, each bone once, 
And uh, it was interesting. We finally got to talk to Kevin White on Monday, and uh, he seemed very optimistic. He said he knew right away that uh, he was going to be out for the year, and uh, which was interesting because the Bears didn't tell us that at the time. But uh, you know, he said he said he's going to be he's going to be ready to go next season, which you would expect him to say. But when asked about it, Ryan Pace said that he feels even despite those two injuries to that leg, that Kevin White is going to come back. He's going to fully recover and be 100% and be that 4.35 player he was during the combine two years ago. You believe him? No. No, I don't. I mean, it's, I'll just, I, you know, maybe I'm the bearer of bad news here, but I can't name you one player that has missed basically his first two seasons in the league and been anywhere could be an average player but I mean let's let's face it even watching him this last year in training camp uh, well not really in training camp because I didn't get to see him in training camp but preseason and the four games that he played in the regular season he did he did not look like a number number seven overall pick I mean he he started looking better towards the end but you're talking about a guy that was super raw coming out of college I mean this is a guy that knew two or three routes off the route tree coming from a West Virginia system who's not known really to produce receivers uh and now you're basically asking that same guy. I don't care how much you watch film, how much you know, how much you can be mentally coached, but you know you have to have those physical repetitions and the miss your whole entire first season, your whole including most of the off season, including everything else, and then to come in last year and you basically miss a whole another season. You know, you got through the off. It just to me, it seems like it's setback after setback, and it's weird because he isn't—he wasn't an injury-prone player before he came to the Bears. I mean, this is something that's just kind of come out of nowhere. Maybe it is bad luck, but it's also unrealistic in my eyes to expect a guy that relies on speed as one of the biggest parts of his game to expect him to still be that same player after two pretty serious leg injuries. I mean, that's just uh, to me. I mean, they can say what they want. I'm sure we're going to hear reports of him running a 4-3 next year, you know, before training camp starts. But it, to me, he didn't play, even when we saw him last year, he didn't play like a 4-3-5 player. Uh, I don't know if that's just because the NFL game speed is different and he just looked different or if it's just the simple fact that he's not the same player after that rod. And I can't imagine he's going to be the same player now. I agree. I absolutely agree. And I, I think that, now we lower our expectations maybe a bit more than we did before and you know where even even the most optimistic of us thought he might be able to get back to being uh you know that uh, worth that number seven overall pick a, a, a viable number one option in a passing attack and that might still happen but I, I do not think it's going to be like you said because of his speed i don't i i just don't see how you can insert a rod in there then break the other shin or the other bone in your shin and still come back and as the same player that has to at some point have an effect on you and you know speed isn't the only asset that he has he's still 6'3 he still uh bench presses more than most defensive linemen uh at the combine so he's still a physical beast uh, but, you know, he, he's probably not going to have that lightning over the top speed that he had uh, coming out of West Virginia. It's just, uh, you know, the, if he does, that's a, that would be an amazing. And I think you and I would both be shocked. I think most Bears fans would be shocked. So I think we now have to try to lower, lower our expectations a little bit with Trevin White. I still think he can be, you know, like you said, he was showing a little bit as he came along. And I think with a player... As you mentioned, who was so raw coming out, we weren't. It's not going to happen overnight. It's going to happen with those reps, and unfortunately, he hasn't gotten those reps. But we, you know, in the limited time that he was out there, we saw a little bit of development. So maybe over 16 games, he would have developed into a number one. Who knows? But uh, we just haven't seen it out of there, out of him. And uh, you know, he's a huge question mark. And 
you know, with with Alshon, you know, White getting hurt really hurt the Bears' stance, or at least the leverage that they had in the Alshon negotiations, because they could have said, hey, we have Kevin White, and now they don't know what they have in him, and they're probably going to pay a little bit more for Alshon just because uh, White wasn't able to stay out there. So it's a it's a, a concerning situation at wide receiver. Maybe Cameron Meredith steps up and becomes a number one, but uh, you, you can't bank on an undrafted free agent. I say you get you get uh, Alshon back at whatever it costs, and, and you get... Uh, you hope that Kevin White can stay healthy at that wide receiver position because, like you mentioned, or like I mentioned earlier, if you have a if you have any young quarterback coming in here, you got to have some big towers he can throw to. That's going to help him out a lot. Let's move over to the defensive side of the football and talk about real fast. You know, just the the, the Bears got one turnover in that final uh, final contest against the Vikings, so they did not set the all time NFL record for fewest turnovers in a season, which would have been ten. They got eleven, which ties for the fewest turnovers. Uh, in in NFL history in a 16-game in a season. That follows, that's obviously a, a franchise worst, which follows a franchise worst last season, which was 17 turnovers, and they dropped six fewer this year. Uh, to give you a little bit of comparison, uh, and everyone has, we, I mean, we did it, we destroyed Mel Tucker when he was in Chicago. Everybody hated him. Mel Tucker, the, uh, Vic Fan, under Vic Fangio, the Bears have 28 turnovers the last two years. Mel Tucker had 28 turnovers his first year alone in Chicago. Had 52 turnovers in two seasons uh, in Chicago. And, and, and uh, Vic Fangio has 28 total over, over the last two seasons. I, you know, there, there has been a lot of improvement. The Bears were very good at uh, getting after the passer this year, despite some of the struggles that they had in the secondary. And we'll talk about that. Uh, they were still seventh in the NFL in, in passing defense. Uh, you know, a lot of that had to do with the fact that opposing offenses could just run all over them in a lot of games. But uh, you, you know, there there were some improvements that we saw individually. But the the Bears lacked playmakers on defense. I mean, we talked all the time. We just did about Alshon Jeffrey, Kevin White, the playmakers that you need on offense. You need those types of guys on defense too. And there are some good foundation pieces. You know, you have Freeman, you have Akeem Hicks. Uh, you know, Willie Young has has flashed at times, and obviously Leonard Floyd has looked good this year. Uh, but you don't have anyone who really stands out and, and can take over a football game. We've seen a little bit of that from Leonard Floyd. He just hasn't been consistent with it. But, you know, Freeman, Trevathan, those are those are your kind of, you know, your lunch pail guys. Those, those aren't the guys who are going to make those game-changing plays. And I, I think that is the biggest... Uh, need right now for the Bears and uh, there's two areas in which I think they can get that Uh, one at cornerback or safety in the secondary someplace or uh, with a top tier pass rusher that you would get uh, with that number three overall pick in the draft this year and uh, you know Pace mentioned as much during uh, the press conference yesterday and and he said you know that secondary is a huge uh, need for us, and it's definitely going to have to get upgraded. So I def I firmly believe that they're going to go big in the secondary at both safety and cornerback in both free agency and the draft. I don't I don't see them using a, a, a the third overall pick on a safety or a cornerback, but I do believe that you know second round potentially third round a high uh, high value free agent as well. I think that that is the area that they're going to Pace is going to focus the most of his attention on. Uh, in both free agency in the draft, you have to get that turnover, uh, those takeaways back. You have to get back to what you were able to do under Lovey Smith. Because if you think about, uh, you know, the discipline that Fangio has shown and, the, and what he's been able to get out of some of these young guys, if you can now get a little bit better health and throw in some turnovers, some takeaways, then you might have something there, and then you might be able to play that complimentary football we were talking about. I definitely, I definitely agree. I think outside of. 
back hole. I mean, secondary is the biggest hole that they have and the biggest place that they need to address. And the thing that's that is that gives me confidence going into the offseason that Pace is one, Pace has addressed a lot of holes and done a pretty good job doing it. But the one thing that really sticks out to me is last year he spoke very, very much about inside linebacker and how they needed inside linebackers. And what does he do? He goes out and signs not one, but two premier, granted, you know, obviously going to be cheaper than defensive backs, but he signed two premier inside linebackers. Uh, Danny Trevathan wasn't as good as expected, but he also, you know, got hurt a few times, and Darrell Freeman was fantastic. Uh, so I think I think we're going to see that this year. And like you like you said, I mean, there's there's really good uh, free agent options out there. There's really good draft options. I mean, this is this is a very ideal. You almost go back and you look at it, and you see the holes that the Bears have outside of quarterback. Because I don't know if there's any good year to have a need for a quarterback. But when you look at their holes, you look at you obviously you have the secondary. You have cornerback and safety. You've got a very good free agent class of corners. You got a pretty solid free agent class of safeties. But then you go and you look at the draft, and the draft, especially at corner. It, I mean, there's there's guys, and there's probably about twelve to fifteen guys that could all go within the first uh, you know three rounds of the draft, and safety's pretty deep as well. So. You, and tight ends kind of the same way. You look at the tight end class. Uh, so you see a lot of the holes that the Bears have right now almost seem very strategic in the way that Ryan, Ryan Pace addressed what he did last season. A lot of people wanted him to go high after a corner. He tried. Two different guys, Josh Norman and, uh, and Janoris Jenkins, and they just got outbid. But I think this year you're seeing a team that's going to have a ton of money and he may not be reckless with it, but I also think he's going to be a little bit more inclined to uh, start paying these guys a little bit, you know, right about what they're asking. And I think that's really going to pay off. So I think, yeah, the secondary is huge. I mean, I, I 100% agree. I mean, having 11 turnovers is completely unacceptable. And I could be wrong on this, uh, but I think I do remember even looking at Big Fangio's defenses with San Francisco. And I, I remember thinking, man, those, those turnover ratios are low i mean that just the total number of turnovers that he had each year with the san francisco defense if i remember and i could be completely wrong weren't nearly as high as i would expect it not 11 no nah, that's awful but uh i think a lot of that's going to come with the, the secondary and the one question i want to ask you is you, you talk about getting an elite pass rusher and i've i've looked over the roster and i, I think they could obviously use a better five tech uh at the other side with uh akeem hicks but now when you look at a pass rusher and you see the different names out there or even a free agent, whatever it may be, what do you think is more important? Do you think another five tech is more important than, you know, on the defensive line? Or do you think an outside linebacker that would probably come in? I mean, they've already got three pretty good outside linebackers, but they only have one speed rusher. I mean, what, when you say pass rusher, who would be your ideal candidate right now at a position, a name, anything? Well, I think ideally, like you said, based on the fact that they do already have a couple of guys, uh, especially if Pernell McPhee uh, gets back healthy next year and, and Floyd be- continues to develop. I'm not really counting on Lamar Houston or Willie Young, but those are good rotational guys. So just based on the depth, I think you would go five technique. I've always said if you push the, the pocket in the face of the quarterback, that's much more uh, disruptive than coming off the edge. Yes, you can... You can uh, you, you can have an impact off the edge, but when you start pushing guys into the quarterback's face, he can't step into his throws. He doesn't have it, uh, uh, lanes to run through to scramble away from that. those edge rushers. That is where you can really, really be disruptive, and you've seen that with some of these uh, big-name defensive, uh, especially the five techniques, uh, uh, some a few that have played under uh, uh, Vic Fangio in the past. I think Justin Smith was one. You, you, 
you can really have an impact at that position. But I think if we're talking about who you know who they're going to take at the number three overall pick, I don't think it matters. And I, I and to be and to be clear, I don't I don't I'm not up on my draft yet. I, well, I'll get started on that this week, but it doesn't matter. You find that guy. It doesn't matter if he if he's got a pass rush from the secondary. I mean. It, you find that guy who can get after the quarterback and be that disruptive force. If it's a five technique, if it's an outside linebacker, I don't think any position is too deep where you would have to pass on, on that position. So I, I would love to have uh, that, that big bruiser who can get after the quarterback and just collapse that pocket. Then you have Floyd and McPhee coming off the edge. That's a deadly combo. Uh, I would love to see that. I'd love to, I'd love to see them upgrade the pass rush, but I, it, you know, it, it won't mean a whole lot because you're not going to get there on every pass. You know, even the best pass rush teams don't get there on every pass. Eventually, the cornerbacks are going to have to make a couple of plays, and you know that, that's they just have to. You know, Pace said in the, in the presser he goes he was asked about why didn't he do it last year? Why did, you didn't do anything to the secondary? And he said, well, you know, we we were banking on Tracy Porter and, and Bryce Callahan, and, and whether you believe him or not, if that's true, he learned his lesson. You know, you can't go into a season banking on Tracy Porter and Bryce Callahan to be the saviors of the secondary. I know that they wanted a little more out of Kyle Fuller. And let's talk about Kyle Fuller real fast. Uh, he said this is a critical offseason for Kyle Fuller. And he also said that the team was frustrated when they opened that uh, 21-day window, uh, that three-week window of, uh, when he was coming off of Pup. They fully expected him. That's what he said. They fully expected him to, to play. And they said he would fatigue at end of practices and really just wasn't ready to play. And, and you know, it, 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 it's really surprising. I mean, this was a scope. This was a knee scope, which is supposed to take like six weeks at the most. And he missed the entire season because of it. And you have to wonder about his desire uh, to get out onto the field and really try and play through pain. And, uh, you know, it, it sounds to me like they're going to bring Kyle Fuller back. I wasn't sure about it uh, when that, when they first started talking about it. When he, wasn't, when he never came off a of pup and they actually did put him on IR, I wasn't sure what his future was going to be. But it does sound like they want Kyle Fuller to, to kind of prove, uh, you know, in, tra- in, in training camp even before OTAs, like, the, he, the leash is short on Kyle Fuller, I think, is basically what, what Ryan Pace is saying. If he doesn't show it in training camp in the same way that he hasn't shown it the last two years, he's probably not going to make that opening day roster. And I think that's a good thing. I think that's going to show, you know, hey, you're going to lose another first-round draft pick, but, hey, that was an Emory pick, and we all know how most of his, his picks turned out. But I think it's just going to show, hey, we're willing to move on from another guy who's not performing. And uh, I, I don't know what we're going to get out of Kyle Fuller next year. I'm, I'm not, I don't have high hopes for him. Uh, but I, I don't think the Bears are gonna are gonna wait much longer with the kid. Yeah, I think I, I think I'm a little bit more on the other side on this, and maybe this is just the conspiracy theorist in me. But uh, I think Vic Fangio's comments about about Fuller when he was just flat out not gonna play, I, I, I think that that said it all to me. It's like okay, you know, maybe Ryan Pace wants to keep the guy, maybe he doesn't. But if you have a coaching staff that doesn't want him or isn't going to use him, you might as well get something for him. But my theory is that does it be to have, you know, just to basically bad about a guy that you could possibly trick. And I think ultimately that's what they're going to do. Maybe that's just wishful thinking on my part because I don't think, I don't think Kyle Fuller is a bad player. I really don't. But I also don't think that he fits the scheme that Vic Fangio is trying to run. I, I just I don't think he's a he's a good fit. And even if he was a good fit, I think he would be better off as a safety. I, I've honestly felt that since the draft. Uh, but I mean, he had he had his moments in Mel Tucker's defense. I mean, he really did. But I, I just don't think he's a very good fit for what they are right now. And uh, you know, corners are at a premium. And I think he's one of those. I mean, if they can get a six round pick for uh, 
uh, Bostic or even Allen. I mean, come on. Uh, there's got to be something that the Bears can get for Kyle Fuller, even if it is a fifth or sixth. I mean, that may have more value um, to them at this point than keeping him around because, like we just got done talking about with the secondary, there's a very good chance that they're probably going to have, I would say, two to three names at corner and probably one to two names at uh, safety that are going to be brand new, and they're probably going to be starting quality. And, I mean, you're still going to have Tracy Porter. You're still going to have Bryce Callahan. You're still going to have Trayvon LeBlanc. Uh, realistically, even at this point, I mean, he's – I would say Kyle Fuller is kind of teetering on the edge of not really, you know, fitting the roster as is. You had a few uh, free agent names in there, and I don't I don't know. I just don't know if he's going to have any value. We'll see as, uh, as the offseason progresses, though. I agree. I do think that they are going to field any offers that they can get for Kyle Fuller. Same with Jay Cutler uh, heading into this offseason. A few other guys that they'll probably, they might try to move. But, uh, you know, yeah, even if, you know, right now, like you said, if they had a couple of names, Kyle Fuller probably doesn't make the team. I, I don't think anybody should really count on him. Hey, maybe he turns it around and comes back and has a great year next season, but I'm not banking on it. And, uh, you know, uh, it, it's a shame. Another first-round draft pick first round draft pick that could get flushed down the toilet so hopefully we see better things from Kyle Fuller next year just want to uh, finish up here talking about uh, the coaching staff Uh, Stan Drayton uh, he moved on to take the running backs coach he was a running backs coach for the Bears last year moved on to take the running backs assistant head coach running backs coach job at Texas so he's the only uh, uh, assistant coach to have officially left but it was also reported by the the Tribune that uh, assistant defensive backs coach Sam Garns and offensive line coach Dave Magazu uh, will soon be released. John Fox would not comment on anybody other than the fact that he mentioned that the coordinators were sticking around and Stan Drayton left. Uh, but it, it does appear that uh, if Brad Biggs is right, Dave Magazu is gone. I think that's interesting because offensive line was not an issue for the Bears. And in fact, you could make a case that Magazu did the best job of any uh, assistant coach for the Bears this season with the amount of injuries that he had uh, to deal with up front. But I do know that Magazu wasn't a popular uh, coach amongst his players, and that probably uh, played a role in it. Again, that was not uh, officially announced, and uh, we still haven't gotten to, uh, gotten any uh, announcement on that to this point. So uh, we'll see if that comes to fruition. Finally, I want to I want to say that uh, you know J- Mark Tressman was fired after after two years, and he had four more wins than John Fox. Right now, John Fox after two two seasons, uh, he's he's the second he has the second lowest win percentage in franchise history. I believe it's Abe Gibron who has the lowest, but please don't quote me on that. And if I'm wrong, I apologize to all you Bears historians. But second lowest. Uh, winning percentage of any coach in franchise history. He's worse than Mark Tressman, who was fired after two seasons. And I think, based on the product on the field, you can give him a pass for the injuries. But based on the product on the field, John Fox deserved to get fired. Now, if you fire him, you, you, you run the risk after you know firing Tressman after two years, firing Fox after two years, you run the risk of becoming the Cleveland Browns or the old uh, uh, Oakland Raiders, who, who just cycled through uh, head coaches and never were able to get any type of uh, uh, continuity going from the top down. Uh, I, I don't think it would have been a smart move to, hire, to fire John Fox, but he definitely would have uh, deserved it. The reason I think John Fox kept his job and the reason that he, he's around and Mark Tressman was canned is that Fox did not let the locker room uh, you know, just com- completely collapse in the same manner that, that Mark Tressman did. And I, 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 that, to me, has a bit of value. We talked uh, a little bit about how they kind of gave up there at the end of the season. But overall, this team played well, uh, or not well, but played hard 
even against some of the best teams in, that they played this year, some of the some of the playoff teams, they were right in it down the stretch late in those games, could not finish uh, in those contests. But uh, you, you didn't see the type of you know tire fire uh, mess that that Mark Tressman left and Phil Emery left, and I, I think that's a huge reason why John Fox is still around. I'm not a huge Fox guy. I don't know if he is the right guy for the job in this situation. I kind of have a little more faith in, in Ryan Pace, but uh, that's not saying a whole lot. But uh, I think that, you know, give Fox a little bit of credit uh, for the fact that this team did not collapse. I think uh, in, in a worse-off locker room, and we've, we see it every year, you know, you see it right <laughs> what Brandon Marshall's been doing uh, in New York uh, the last couple of weeks, you know, the, it's very easy for a locker room to just spiral out of control and for the leaders uh, to kind of throw in the towel and for the rest of the team to just follow. And you never really saw that out of the Bears. I think John Fox deserve, deserves a little bit of credit for that. I think Ryan Pace uh, deserves credit for the draft class and the way that they played this year, uh, the 2016 draft class, that is. And if you could have another draft class have the same type of impact that this year's class did next year, then you might be on to something. And I, I, I I think one of the, the you know the things that we talked about and Fox talked about was that young players need to learn how to compete. You know they need to learn how to play, and then after they learn how to play, they need to learn how to win. And I think this season, with all the injuries, a lot of young players got out there and got, got a, a taste of NFL action, live NFL football. They learned how to compete, and you hope that maybe for the Bears' sake, with a little bit of better health, that those wins will start to come. There does need to be a lot more talent. We've talked about a lot of those positions right now. We're going to continue to talk about those as we get into the draft. But if you have faith of Ryan Pace, based on what he was able to do this past offseason uh, and what he was able to do in the draft last year, if you have faith that he can duplicate that this year, then there is reason for hope. And I know this is a horrible season for Bears fans, and I've had so many Bears fans tell me that they've, they've just checked out. I mean, my my, my dad, who, who's one of the biggest Bears fans I know, uh, barely watched any Bears games this this year, and you know that would that just to even say that that predict that that would have ever happened, I would have never been able to say that. But that was the case this year, and he wasn't the only one. I had so many people tell me uh, the exact same thing, and that's sad. And I think the Bears fans deserve a whole lot better. But I, I you know, it's hard to have hope right now. I, I, it's hard to even really want to think about Bears football right now. But I do think. Uh, I, I just have a drop feeling that, that things are going to be a lot better next season. And I think, uh, you know, we'll, we'll know a little bit more once we see what happens in free agency and the draft and we'll have an idea where they're going, especially at that quarterback position. That's going to be huge. But I don't think that it, it's ever going to be this bad. I think the Bears have bottomed out. They've hit rock bottom. And the only, way that, the only place they can go is up from here. Am I a lunatic for thinking of that? No, I mean, I, I think uh, they're... I mean, there's really, yeah, like you said, there's really no place to go but up in here. I think uh, they're going to have some good talent. The class isn't good. I'll be completely honest about that. But they have some good amount of money, and I think Pace is going to be aggressive. And I think they can have another good draft class, especially with the high picks. So, uh, I mean, that's really, as a Bears fan right now, I mean, that's the off season is the, your playoff time, really. I mean, that's what it comes down to. You get a lot of optimism from it, and there's a lot of uh, enjoyment that goes into it. So just uh, sit back and enjoy it. I think this is going to be one of the more exciting off seasons with no coaching changes, which is kind of nice for a change. So, but I think there's going to be going to be a lot of fun movement. And I think uh, there's going to be a lot more optimism moving in the next season. That's for sure. Yeah, I agree, and I, I think that you know 
we don't have wins to celebrate, so now's the time to, to really uh, enjoy the off season and in, in looking at some of these draft picks and some of these free agents and really, you know, embracing the new guys and really getting excited for next year. I know it's hard to it's hard to talk to, to think that way right now, but as we as we move along here and they start getting new talent, I think it's going to be apparent that things are going to get a little bit better. I can only hope so for the sake of Bears fans, because uh, you know you guys deserve it. You you, you deserve it better. You deserve better than having a, a team that hasn't been in the playoffs in the last six seasons. So I hope that, you know, the faith that Aaron and I have uh, in this, in this staff and in Ryan Pace uh, comes to fruition and it bears fruit in the, in the formal wins here going forward. Uh, That's it guys. That's the 2016 in a nutshell. Uh, We'll talk a little bit more about it in the, in the future uh, podcast, but now it's, it's time to start uh, looking forward toward the future. Start looking at some of those draft picks. We're going to have a ton, ton of, of draft information at Bear Report. Aaron's going to do some work. I'm going to do some work. And uh, we're, we're really going to get down and dirty on this draft class and uh, you know figure out who the best guys are. Start looking at a lot of these quarterbacks. I think the quarterbacks are going to be high in the Bears list and find out who that who that potential franchise passer is going to be going forward. I'm looking forward to it. I know Aaron's looking forward to it. And I appreciate everybody sticking with us through this season. It's been a rough one, uh, but I know that uh, a lot of Bears fans... Uh, have been very dedicated to to the the Bear Report podcast and to the Chicago Bears. We really appreciate it. Thanks for sticking with us. We are going to continue. Probably take a brief uh, a brief break here over the next couple of weeks. But the Senior Bowl is going to be uh, here before we know it, and then we're going to really get rolling after that in the draft stuff. So looking forward to it. Thanks so much, guys. Be sure to give Aaron a follow on Twitter at Aaron Lemming NFL. You can follow me at Bear Report. Uh, make sure to to subscribe to the Bear Report podcast on iTunes. Follow all of our work, both Aaron and I write at bearreport.com. You can talk to us on the Bear Report message boards or find everything at the Bear Report Facebook page. That's it, guys. Have a great off-season. Enjoy the time off, and uh, I I promise things are going to get better. Have a great one. Nobody builds 5G like Verizon builds 5G. Because we're the engineers who built the most reliable network in America. And the more you do with 5G, the more building it right matters. The more your network matters. The more Verizon engineers going the extra mile matters. It's us pushing us. It's Verizon versus Verizon. 5G built right from America's most reliable network. Most reliable based on rankings from Rootmetrics second half 2020 U.S. report of three mobile networks. Results may vary. Award is not an endorsement. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.